Fatality Fitness Podcast, covering everything from fitness, health, and nutrition with your host, Matthew Smiley, covering top topics and answering all your fitness Q&As with featured guests. Hello and welcome to the Fatality Fitness Podcast. And on this episode, we're going to cover a number of topics from um, goal setting coming out of COVID-19, how not to focus on the scales, how to maintain long-lasting results, your exit strategy from your diets and reverse dieting as well. And on this show, I've got a special guest, Stephen Pedrucci. I hope I've said that right, mate. Um, so let's talk about you, where, what you're currently at at the moment, what, how you got into fitness, and tell us a bit about your background. First of all, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm um, looking forward to sharing some golden nuggets with your audience. And for me, I'll just keep this short because uh, I want to get really stuck in there and it's going to benefit the people that are listening. So, probably been in the industry about six years now. Um, the reason I've been in the industry is probably I spent uh, as soon as I left school basically just waking on no action, just getting out jobs that didn't really mean anything to me. And eventually I got to a point where I thought, right, I need to do something that I'm going to enjoy. I've always been into sport and stuff like that. So um, that took me down to the path of personal training. And doing that, I've been very, very fortunate to be able to travel all over the world and doing personal training. I've been in Australia, Germany, Kuwait, Dubai, and obviously been here in Scotland too. Um, and that's been a big thing for me, being able to travel, doing something that I enjoy has been absolutely good for me. And your journey now as a personal trainer is to fully focus online, is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, personal training I've done, I've served my time as a personal trainer, I've done the work. And now it's about building an online business that, that gives me freedom. And that's ultimately uh, what it comes down to, giving me freedom uh, to be able to travel when I want, whenever I want. And also to be able to help a, a larger amount of people, I believe, uh, with a one-on-one -on -one personal training, you're going to be capped at a certain point of how many people you can take on, how many people you can help. So uh, for me, uh, the online space has given me the ability to be able to help a, a much larger people as well. Do you think that's why it's making it more appealing to people that want to do online training? Or do you feel that a lot of people, kind of, obviously the situation, a lot of people have been kind of forced into doing online training at the moment, but do you feel that that's the kind of what's attracting people to go and maybe try online training? I think so. I think with the, the current situation, uh, a lot of people have had their, their hands forced uh, to do online. And they've probably learned a lot about themselves and the business and the process. And I think it's a good avenue for everyone to have, even though you might not want to go all in with your online. People enjoy one-on-one -on -one personal training, which is absolutely fine. Um, but I think uh, people don't realise what it actually takes um, to actually build an online business. It, it's quite difficult. It takes some time. And it's completely different um, from one-on-one -on -one in terms of when you're trying to get your client's results because... Um, it's, it's a lot harder, I would say, because at the end of the day, I've got people like over in Australia or the other side of the world, so communication has to be uh, totally different from what it would be in a one-on-one -on -one environment. So um, I do think that the freedom aspect is a kind of thing that people would look for, but I, have, I think you would say you have to realise that it's a whole lot different and there's a hell of a lot of work involved in the online space. Definitely, I think that's something that they'll, they'll realise when they, the people try to dive in it. And I think a lot of... Kind of online coaches have realised as well is like it's kind of made them kind of knit up their game as well because obviously like they they had the 
they had the kind of market to themselves in a way and then all these kind of online trainers have come in and started kind of dwelling into the online stuff and they, I mean, they might take the time and spend the money and their systems might be better than kind of the online trainers that have been out there and kind of I don't want to say half arsing it but like if they've not if you've not been a an online trainer who's established their kind of systems and stuff quickly because of all this situation being more trainers want to turn to online you you quickly get found out I think 100% and I think again this, this situation again forced a lot of people who were currently online coaches to up their game massively um, I know I have personally I've been um, using this time wisely to improve systems so that I can ultimately offer a better service to my clients and I've seen a lot of people do that um, but I've seen a lot of people being left behind as well um, if I'm honest so people have upped their game but people have chosen not to and I think those are the ones that are really going to struggle online um, because as you'll see now there's probably a lot more competition in the online space um, for online coaches so you have to make sure that the service that you can provide and what you give to clients um, is I don't want to say better than anyone else but um, it's going to be of high value for the person who is investing in you Right, let's dive in. We'll talk about the subject. So, topic one we're going to talk about is goal setting coming out of COVID nineteen. So, do you want to dive in and speak about that? What you feel are the main key factors that people need to do for their goals? Goal setting coming out of COVID nineteen. Yeah, I think this is huge, and I don't think even just coming out of COVID nineteen. I think at any point, I think the goal setting is a big thing, um, and something that a lot of people get wrong. Either they set the wrong goals for them or they can totally set unrealistic goals yep. um, so I think the first thing I would say is um, you have to be specific on your goal and what it is you want to achieve and you have to make sure that this goal is realistic and I would say the biggest mistake I see or what I see when I ask anyone what is your goal when it comes to health and fitness they will most likely come back and say I want to lose X amount of pounds or I want to be a certain number on the scale now what the problem with that is, is that really going to be enough to drive you forward when times get tough? Um, because they will, and I think a lot of people fail to understand that, that dieting over a period of time can get difficult. Um, so I think you have to have a strong enough why um, to keep you in the game when the times do get tough. I think um, definitely setting a weight goal uh, is not going to do that for you, so you have to look beyond that. That's always something that I always start with with my clients is like, I'll ask them and then I'll ask why and ask why and I've done it a few times and dived in a wee bit deeper like I've had a I've got like a client that's probably in his probably spent a minute start his mid um, mid 50s comes to me and wants to just wants to lose weight I'm like why like I want to get a wee bit healthier I'm like why it's like I've got grandchildren I want to be able to run after my grandchildren and I'm like why but once you ask these questions you find out that you actually had a kind of underlying health issue and he realised that if he didn't get his act together and improved his fitness then he wouldn't improve his life and might not see his grandchildren growing up so and you think about the factor behind that like that's a more emotional drive towards that why rather than somebody just comes in and says I want to lose a couple of pounds or I want to lose a few stone like there's so much emotional attachment to it and it'll give you that drive to push forward and as you said, it's like when times get hard, like, are you going to keep doing it if you just know that you only want to use a few pounds? Or if you're going to look after your grandchildren when you grow older, when, you grow older, when you've got a few years, you're expanding your life at the end of the day, and that's the way people need to look at it. 
100% couldn't agree more with that and there is a method uh, for this for anyone who wants to go and do this on themselves um, it's called the 7 Step Y Method by Dr John Demartini um, so basically just as you've done there you're asking why 7 times um, I use this method when I'm setting uh, client goals and they first start with me um, so just why, 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 why until eventually you get to the root cause of what you just told us there um, it's completely different from lose a few pounds uh, so you have to think deep about what it is you want to achieve and why you want to achieve it and I think that's going to give you a far better chance of achieving the goal that you do set out in the end I'm just, uh, sorry, I was looking, as if I was looking through my phone there, I was actually looking through this audio book that I had just finished, so, uh, Simon Sinek is it, and it's called Start With Why, yeah. uh, really good book, so obviously that's the way to find the factors. The other thing we want to speak about with that is like, is your motivation, your, your factor, is it internal or is it external, like, and I think that's probably where a lot of people maybe struggled in this situation is that everybody wanted to get in shape for a certain holiday and then obviously the holidays never happened so a lot of people kind of lost motivation and kind of found it hard to maybe find that motivator. Yeah, 100%, and I'm actually glad that you mentioned that as well, but people are always kind of focusing on dieting for this specific event, but what's going to happen afterwards, after that event has taken place, people revert back to old habits and then they end up back to square one, which is obviously something we're going to talk about further later on. Um, but on the kind of weight situation as well, I'm going to just put it out there and say weight you cannot really control, so you can only control this to a certain degree. Um, you'll see it time and time again with your clients, weight fluctuates day to day. Um, so you can only control that to a certain degree. So when you're setting your goals, I would much rather focus on things that you can control. So you can focus on um, getting out there, hitting your daily step target. You can focus ensuring that your nutrition um, is bang on. You can focus on your training sessions. So I think these are all things that you need to take into consideration um, when setting your goals and focus on things that you can take control of because weight, unfortunately, you can't um, dictate what's going to happen with that exactly. Yep, and I, I'll, the other factor with that as well is like if, you, if somebody does give you a goal of saying they want to lose X amount of weight in a hang me amount of time rather than focusing on the goal that you've got ahead think about what you can do daily as I said it's all about these daily changes that you can make that will help you towards that goal rather than focusing on the, the kind of main prize and, but I think people really need to focus on more than just weight at the end of the day like why do you want to why do you want to lose weight is the main is the main question that you need to be asked it's like you really you either want to do it because you're feeling low in confidence to there's, there's, as I said it might be the factor that you if you are going on holiday that you don't want to be the, the, the friend that stands out for the crowd so again it's embarrassment in a way so these are kind of more factors than the actual weight itself so it's an emotional factor I mean it's the, the, the actual factor itself so let's talk about a few of the kind of intrinsic factors and extrinsic factors that might be a motivator yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, so, what I would say um, on that is basically, again, focusing on it's not really necessarily the look that people are after, they, they forget that. People think that you, know, you need to look this certain way and stuff like that, but what I've seen over the years is sometimes when people get a certain way or a certain look, they're still not 100% happy yeah. within themselves, and when they get to that stage, um, they don't feel good after putting that amount of work in. So, I think people need to. Kind of take a step back and think about 
how they're feeling. I think that's so important. Um, how you're feeling is what you're actually chasing rather than how you look. Um, and what I mean by how you're feeling, you just mentioned it there. Basically, how's your confidence within yourself? How's your energy levels? How is your sleep quality? Um, and I think these things are missed. And I think it's so important as well on a, a day-to-day basis and a week-to-week basis to focus on things like that because at the end of the day, if you're a weight goal, that, that could be three months down the line, it could be six months down the line. So um, you're not going to see that in whole months. So when you can kind of take a step back and start celebrating the small wins, like seeing improvements in energy, noticing that you're getting a little bit more self-confident, noticing your sleep quality improving, or perhaps even people watch your moods improving, um, so I think when you can kind of sell small wins along the way, it's going to keep you on the path to achieving that end goal of whatever it is you have set out. Yeah, it's, it's all about improvement of life rather than focusing just, as you say, it's not about losing the weight on the scale or how you look, because I might, I might look in the mirror and find two months' time when I'm on a dieting phase and st- um, look so much better than what I did three months ago and still not be happy when it's, it's that kind of hanging your head whereas and then that's when it comes down to progress needs to be tracked in it as well it's like you need to be able to show where they've actually came to show them that they're actually doing doing the job in the hand making the daily changes so let's talk about the sorry let's still talk about the goal setting coming out of covid then so what do you think people need to focus on especially for example, let's say when the gyms reopen, what are the what do you think are the key factors that people need to focus on? And we need to look at people's situations as well. Like, what have you been doing for the last four months? Have you been someone who has been active, who's been maybe doing uh, a lot of training, or someone who's basically went from uh, couch to couch to gym? That should be a new program, eh? Couch to gym, steady couch to five k. Um, what I would say is first of all, um, again, you take, it, take into consideration your uh, current circumstances and what you've been doing over lockdown that's going to differ from person to person. And what you've got to understand as well is gyms are going to be one of the last places open most likely. So along with that, you're going to have increases in your social life, so you're going to have other things to deal with as well. So you've got to be realistic here and ask yourself the question, are you going to be in a position whereby you can absolutely go in hard for 12 weeks and just focus on your training, focus on your nutrition? Um, or perhaps do you need a little bit of balance in there? Do you want to perhaps take a little bit of a slower approach, maybe do it over a six-month period, whereby you can incorporate some social events into your um, weeks and give you that kind of balance? So I think those two things would be the first thing that I would be looking at. And once you can have them, then you can put a plan specifically for whichever one you choose of those. Mm-hmm. As as you said, it's like with the situation that we have been in for twelve weeks. If you've been able to dive in, focus on your training and your nutrition, you've not had the factors of going out with friends, drinking at the weekend, like all the factors have been away. So a lot of people have probably come out of this in in, in outstanding shape. But then you've got the other people who've just not being able to change from their environment in the home for being, like obviously when we go to home we think it's time to relax, it's chill out time, we don't think about exercise and training and a lot of people have maybe found it hard to adapt to that environment. I mean, the other situation I've got at the moment is I train a boxer who has done marathons, who's done all these kind of crazy, uh, crazy runs, crazy cycles and then 
when we open up the gym, we'll be like, right, I'm getting ready to fight for a, I'm getting ready for a fight in twelve weeks. Like, hold on, <coughs> there's going to be overtraining. Like, I need to pull you back for a few weeks before we do anything because you've been the total opposite for what I would really want you to be doing. Um, so obviously, it just depends on people's certain situations, as you said. But that's the key one. Isn't it? Is like, what I can, um, what can you do? Coming out of this situation, what is your goal, and can you kind of switch off from all the kind of social events that's probably going to happen over the next few months when you go back to kind of normality? Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that, mate. If you want to go down that road of doing it a little bit slower and enjoying your social life, getting back into the gym and taking a bit slower, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I want people to understand that. I think a lot of people kind of overestimate what they can do in 12 weeks but underestimate what they can do in a year so um, ultimately it comes down to being able to, to build something that you know you can stick to over a long period of time so if that um, comes along with adding the social event in here and there then so be it and as long as you get to your end goal um, whether it takes three months six months or a year it doesn't really matter and as long as you can be consistent with the approach that you do take yeah, yeah definitely and that's the key it's going to be consistent consistent and that's Let's jump on to the next topic then. So why why shouldn't we be focusing on the scales or why do people get focused on the scales in the first place? Again, people get focused on this number on the scales because they're attached to how they think they're going to feel when they arrive at this certain weight. Um, when the reality is, you probably won't feel that way um, when you do get to that certain way. So this just comes from having a shift in mindset, knowing that I always say, this is what I always say to people, when they're focusing on the weight, people are really obsessed with the weight. I've seen it time and time again, but I always try and tell people that you, you're more than a number on the scale, like you're more than a body fat percentage. These things do not define who you are as a person, but you have to take away that emotional attachment um, of you have to be a certain weight. And I think that's where you really need to start. Um, and I think, again, um, we've got to understand why we actually use weight well. So we are basically talking about here um, about weight, like not really focus on it, but then people will ask the question, why Why do you use weight then? I get all my clients to take my weight. Well, if you think about it, over time, and maybe over a month period, if you're still sitting at the same weight after a month, then that tells me you're, you've not been in a calorie deficit consistently because if you're not losing weight over a period of time, um, you're, you're not losing fat. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And people have to realise that as well. But I don't want people to take that as getting upset of the weight not being down on a daily basis. I'm talking about over a month or even two months. Um, over a daily basis, over a weekly basis, it will fluctuate. You've got to understand that. Um, but over time, you do most certainly want the number on the scale to come down. Do you think it's because we want that instant kind of feedback market as well? Like, if I run a if I run a 10k a day and I run another one tomorrow and I do it in less time, I already know that I'm kind of improving. I'm getting that instant feedback. Whereas if people stand on the scales and they don't see the numbers changing daily, then they don't think they're actually making progress. 100%, 100%. But then, as we just said, this is when you have to start looking at what you are improving on. Yep. Are your energy levels improving? Are your sleep levels proven? Is your mood improving? You know what I mean? You've got to look at all these different aspects. You can't just be attached to this weight um, because then you're going to just be left with nothing but frustration, which is going to lead to you giving up in the end. So you have to find out and look hard 
at the things that you are doing successfully because if you look hard enough, you will find, uh, find things. And what I like to do in my friends is make sure that every single week when they do their chicken, they come to me with three wins. Um, and I don't want that to be anything to do with it. So it could be improvements in their personal life, it could be improvements in their business life, family life, whatever. Um, there's definitely always things that you can find if you look hard enough. Yeah, I think that's key. Um, something that I always do with check-ins as well is give me three positives from, from the week. But try not to have them kind of fitness related in a way. Um, I think that the thing with people as well is that they need to actually trust the the process and they need to trust the person as they've maybe got as a trainer that they don't need to constantly look on the scales. Like what they're telling you is going to benefit you, that they're going to get results, and we're only maybe checking weight every now and again to see if the maybe the the methods that we are trying are working because as you know it's like one method doesn't fix everything like if that was the key we would all be doing it and i think there's so many methods out there that you can do that can adapt to like change people's to work towards their goals depending on the goal but um obviously we know there's so many different methods out there so I think that's key. That's the key thing as well. Is like if you've got a trainer, then you need to be able to trust in him as well. Yeah, I would say that one hundred percent. There's no doubt about that. If you're investing in someone, you've got to trust what they're saying. Um, and again, weight—you just really can't afford to be talking on weight because you will, and um, no doubt, be left with nothing but frustration. What I would say about the weight situation is, if you are going to take away, you may as well do it. Um, from a weekly average standpoint because we know that there's many different things that are going to affect your daily weight um, such as uh, maybe carbohydrate intake um, just um, water intake and um, what, what basically stage of your menstrual cycle you're on so you're going to have to understand that um, the number of the scale is going to be higher at certain times of the month and stuff like that so that's why I look at my facts to take a week's average um, basically just means if you take it three times a week just add it up and then divide it by three and that will give you a kind of a better idea of what your weight has been on the average for the week rather than this kind of daily thing that everyone seems to focus on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how, like, it, as much as we take weight in that factor as well, um, I think progress pictures are a huge factor, aren't they, as well, like checking somebody's progress, because if you see someone getting a dip in motivation, you pull their photo back for a month's time and fire it up and they're like, aye, okay, <laughs> I trust what you're doing. And then the scales might not actually be changing at all. Like that's the thing. It's like if your body fat's coming down and that's your goal is to change your shape, then we're, we're working. It's it's working. It's that's definitely the thing with the scales. It's like I wouldn't even focus on scales at all if I didn't need that kind of feedback to know if the the process was working just as a coach. But if you're going to go out and get a set of scales, go and get a, fi- a set of food scales first. That should be your main investment because you need to know what you're consuming, how much you're consuming before you actually can see any change. I think that's a massive factor as well. 100%. Right, let's dive in. We'll talk about the reverse dieting, right? So how we can slowly increase your food in an effort to raise your metabolism and when we should do it, who should do it and the kind of problems that may occur. Um, when reverse dieting so let's let's talk about so dive in tell me what, what is reverse dieting 
Okay, just before we get into that, what I would say is this is all kind of part of the, the, the strategy of your goal setting as well. So um, when you're setting your goals, you're setting this initial target of you want to achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. Um, but then what a lot of people fail to do is they fail to have a strategy, an exit strategy of what they're going to do when they get to this place of happiness. And by not having that in place, then it will lead to you ultimately going back to old habits and then people usually revert back to square one. Um, so a reverse diet is going to be one of the methods that you could use um, after to kind of use it to maintain what you've worked so hard to build over a period of time. So I think this is something that um, there's a lot of confusion around. Most people uh, think of reverse diets to do with people who are competitors and stuff like that when in fact... Um, I believe anyone who is looking to maintain a result that they've worked so hard to build uh, will most likely have to go through a reverse diet at some point. And the goal of the reverse diet, in my opinion, is basically to rebuild calories back up slowly to your true maintenance uh, without gaining any fat. Yeah, because the thing is, it's like you've got, say you've got someone on a calorie deficit goal for 12 weeks and then they hit their goal and then that's what we're looking at it's, that's what you mean here is the, it's the kind of rebound from that you can't just instantly give up on the the daily habits that you've picked up uh, the good relationship that you've got with food the, it's, it's not that you've reached your goal you've went to Ibiza you come back and then you just start um, ordering things off just to eat and getting that bad relationship again it's trying to get that fine balance slowly increasing your calories daily um, and finding out your your new uh, maintenance calories because that's what happens with the reverse dieting is or when we're on a dieting phase your BMR will be on the decline so we'll then try to then find out your new maintenance uh, calories now if people don't know the maintenance calories you can work it out quite quite easily your basal metabolic rate plus your, your daily activity and then your calories that you've got there uh, as your maintenance calories and then your if you want to go on a caloric deficit, you're removing from that. If you're going to a calorie surplus to gain, you would go above. And we're just trying to help people find that right balance so that they don't go extremely overweight and, and gain body fat. Um, so what is the what are the main problems that you think people could occur when doing reverse dieting? Uh, first one is really easy this is the, the one that you will deal with all the time so if someone's worked so hard over say 12 weeks 6 months whatever it may be to get this result um, eating in a calorie deficit calories can get quite low at some point and now they've got to a point where they're happy with everything and now you're going to tell them to do something that seems counterintuitive because you're going to get them to start eating um, probably more calories than, than they've ate for the last kind of 12 weeks or 6 months um, so I think people have this kind of mental block with that um, thinking that they're doing something they shouldn't be doing um, so at that point you've got to make sure um, that you explain why you're doing this reverse diet which would be that you're doing this to maintain the result that you've got to rebuild your metabolism to help you set your uh, lipid and ghrelin levels um, and by doing this ultimately it's going to get you to maintain what you've worked so hard to build so the biggest challenge is definitely uh, the mindset and having to get someone to eat um, more calories than they've been eating previously. Definitely. Do you think that, that's, as I said, that, that seems to be the main problem is that it's emotional. It's like you're telling someone, right, this is, we're pulling your calories back, you're pulling your calories back, you've got to where you got, right, we're going to put your calories up. It's kind of that kind of fear 
and that the fear factor that they're going to put weight on. And I think that's the kind of same situation that you can get in with female clients. It's like if you've got a certain female client and she's used to kind of depriving herself for calories or what she thinks is, like maybe she will do that through the week. Maybe she'll binge out at the weekend and that's why she's gaining weight, in fairness. But she's so used to being in this restricted kind of calorie, kind of, and you're telling them to push their calories up and it's kind of that emotional kind of fear factor. Change, uh, changing their mindset is key and trying to get them to believe in your process and your values and what you're, tell, what you're telling them is going to help them towards their goals. Absolutely, that just comes back to, again, that we talked about previously, uh, trusting your coach. Um, your coach is not there to kind of get you to put weight on, you have to understand that. Um, but all they're telling you to do is trust the process. And another thing I think people feel to understand as well is when it comes to reverse dieting, um, people, some, some people have to go through a reverse diet before they'll actually have to be in a position to be able to, to lose fat, believe it or not. Um, so I've got a few clients just now going through the reverse diets. Um, one I just signed up last week who been eating like twelve hundred or under calories for a very 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 long time. Um, she's doing an unbelievable amount of exercise, uh, running like twenty one k's like four times a week. So energy expenditure is maxed out. Um, she's weight training alongside that as well. So she's got her energy output maxed out. She's got her energy intake maxed out, and she's not losing. So what does that tell you? It tells you that her metabolism has adapted to adaptive thermogenesis, which basically just means that her metabolism slowed down technically, and now she's not able to lose weight, eating many low calories, and doing that amount of exercise. So if you are in that position, uh, alarm bells should be ring, ringing. And what I will say is this is quite rare for this to happen. People say, oh, I'm eating 1,200 calories and I'm not losing weight. Usually I lie. People are not tracking their calories properly. But in the event that this is a true thing that's happening to you, you have to begin a reverse diet to rebuild your metabolism and again back up to your true maintenance and this is honestly it's so so difficult to do and um, I've got that person coming from me doing all kinds of exercise even really low calories and now I'm having to tell her to do the opposite I'm telling her we're going to start building my calories back up and we're going to cut back the, the exercise um, and over a period of time I'll get her back up to her true maintenance once she gets there she'll have to stay there for a period of time before she can even think of dieting. So this person has basically, um, I wouldn't say damaged the metabolism, but the metabolism is adapted, so now it's very difficult for them to lose weight. And she's not able to uh, now go on to a fat loss phase for maybe 12 months now. So consistently eating a calorie deficit can do harm to you over a long period of time, so just be careful of that as well. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's so reduced as well. And, 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 and as you said, it's all about the output. That's a tough one as well, isn't it, really? Because you're doing the opposite for what you're telling. We normally tell a lot of people to do. Improve your steps, kind of, and, and increase your output uh, and, and and decrease your, your input. But what we're doing, I've got, I've got the same situation, actually. It's quite funny. Uh, where you try to tell somebody to pull back. So do less. Like, you're doing too much. So, and it's not very often that would happen. Again, obviously, I've trained a few boxers who... Again, during lockdown, I'm telling them the same situation, like pull back. That's only through a kind of injury point of view, because when they come back into strength and conditioning, then obviously they've done so much, and then they're looking to go into like a eight to ten week camp to to prep for a fight. And that's the thing as well. It's like trying to tell them to pull back. 
and ta- the tailor opposite for what you're normally used to doing is telling people to move more. Yeah. Less, less is more in that, that that occasion. That occasion only, less is more. <laughs> I want people to understand that. But yeah, it's a tough process to go through. So what I would say is if you're eating in a calorie deficit, doing a lot of exercise um, and you're not losing, uh, alarm bells should be ringing and you've got to be careful of that. And that's why I use diet breaks as well. Um, this is the thing, when you're aggressively dieting for a long period of time, uh, your body doesn't know the difference between you try to lose some weight or reach a goal and um, then starving. So it doesn't know the difference between the two. So when it thinks it's starving, it's going to do all kinds of things to prevent you from dying, basically, by slowing down your metabolism. These are all defense mechanisms to keep you alive. Um, so, yeah, you've got to be very careful if you are eating a calorie deficit for a long period of time. I would always suggest if anyone is eating a calorie deficit, stick it in kind of 12 week blocks, take a diet break after that, then go back. Um, but I know we're going to talk about a couple of these methods in a moment. Yeah, let's da- let's just dive in and talk about them then. So we're looking at we're going to talk about exit strategies. So doing things like that to help you maintain long lasting results. Um, as you said, it's like putting yourself in a caloric deficit for forever is like and a heavily re- reduced one is going to be damaging to your metabolism. No doubt you're going to feel the effects with fatigue, feeling tired, starting to get hungry, all these kind of factors that will happen with being in that caloric deficit for a long period of time. So let's talk about the exit strategies then. Okay, so again, um, this comes back to your goal, goal setting as well. So when you've set your original goal of whatever it is you want to achieve, you've got to think about what your exit strategy is going to be. So what is it you're going to do to ensure that you can maintain this result? Um, because most likely, I guess that you people who are listening to this have probably lost fat at some point in their life before um, but the real problem is not being able to maintain that so this is where the exit strategy comes in so you've got to think about what it is you're going to do um, post diet so basically there's three options that I use and I'm going to run through all three of them um, so the first one would be if you've done a 12 week diet with me um, and you've maybe not got to the point where you've made progress yes but you're not 100% happy with where you're at you still want to lose it a little bit more um, what I would do in that occasion is basically uh, give them a two-week diet break, which is basically putting them back up to their true maintenance. And bear in mind, when you've lost weight, you're going to have to recalculate your, your maintenance calories again after this 12-week period. So put them back up to their true maintenance for two weeks. Um, and an increase of carbohydrates will be brought in at that point as well. They'll sit there for two weeks. And by sitting here at this diet break for two weeks, what this is doing basically is letting your body know that you're not starving uh, so that it doesn't start slowing down your metabolism and stuff like that. Um, so basically sit there for two weeks. Um, make sure you've not put on any weight. If you've calculated your maintenance correctly, you won't. And then after that, you can go back into another 12-week deficit happily. Um, so that would be the first method. And you would just repeat that process until you are 100% happy yeah. uh, with how you look. What, um, what kind of calorie... What kind of calorie increase were you looking at with putting people on that break, if I ask? Um, so you go back up to your, your true maintenance, whatever that is. So, so for example, if you have been on a 1,400 uh, calories, basically, um, for your last physio diet, and your maintenance is 2,000, they're going straight, straight back, back up, up to, to maintenance. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. remember, key, you need to recalculate this. So your maintenance beforehand, when you first started, may have been 2,200, but because you've lost weight, that'll be less now. Yep. So say 2,000 for talking sake. And when you're increasing the calories, um, I like to go with a two-to-one ratio of carbohydrates to fats. So two portions of the calorie increase will come from carbohydrates and then the other part will come from fats. Yep. 
No, just to fact, just in case anybody was listening, we to take note on that because um, obviously maybe they have been in a caloric deficit for that phase and want to take that diet break. Right, option two then. Option two, so this would be again, this is going to be the reverse diet. So if you get to a point of diet for twelve weeks, six months, whatever it is, you've got the body, you're now one hundred percent happy um, with how you look, how you feel, and the key now is to maintain um, what you've got. So that's basically going to just be the process that we just talked about. You're going to begin a reverse diet, um, and with the reverse diet, the goal is to get you back to your true maintenance. So let's just take the 2000, for example, again. So you're going to go from 1400, where you finished off, back up to this 2000. And the way I would like to do that is basically, um, I would increase the calories. It depends. I'm not going to give an exact answer, but I'll give you a rough guide of, say, uh, between 7 and 14 days, a calorie increase of maybe uh, 100 calories. And again, this process could take maybe up to kind of 12 weeks to do this if you want to do it without putting any weight on. Um, and again, it would be a 2 to 1 ratio of carbohydrates to fat uh, when you're doing this kind of 100 calories. So um, you'd start the 100 calories, 2 to 1 ratio between carbohydrates to fat again until you get back to the, the 2000. Mm-hmm. See, for the, would you ever do longer than a 12 week if you thought that someone who was extremely overweight needed the longer period of dieting? Uh, as in, would I get into diet longer than 12 weeks? Yeah. I don't have anyone dieting any longer than 12 weeks without having a diet break, so I would put them in. Um, and you've got to you've got to understand as well, like if someone's really, really overweight, they're going to be able to handle a really um, aggressive calorie deficit for a longer period of time um, because they're anti-catabolic. Um, so basically, uh, people like that, you could definitely get them into a 16-week, maybe 20-week consistently. Uh, but I still always get them to take a diet break uh, after the 12 week period and then go again. Yeah, yeah handy. Uh, option three? Um, so yeah, just before we go into that, reverse that when you get back to your true maintenance as well, so you get back to this 2000, you don't want to basically just go straight back into a deficit again. You have to get back there and reset your homeostasis, which is basically um, your new body set point, so you stay there for maybe kind of four weeks and just let your body know that that's me back to normal before you think about doing whatever's next, whether it's adding muscle or whether it's going back in another diet. Um, and the third method, this is probably going to be rare, and um, that's the gen pop listening to this, it's probably not going to experience this, but sometimes when you're dieting, uh, as you mentioned previously, it can take its toll, so energy levels can be plummeted, um, you can feel complete um, rubbish, maybe your sleep quality is down, you're really hungry, starving, you've got intolerable hunger, so if you've got, if you're in a aggressive dieting phase, for example, for maybe a photo shoot or maybe a comp prep, these people will feel like this. I don't know if you've ever experienced it yourself, but when you go knee deep in a dieting phase, you can feel terrible. Mm-hmm. So if you get to that kind of 12-week mark and you're feeling absolutely terrible, then in my opinion, the best thing that you can do is get yourself out of this deficit as soon as possible. Um, so get yourself back up to maintenance as soon as possible. So you would go from the 1400 straight back up to the 2000, for example. Um, but with that, you've got to understand there is a chance of gaining a little bit of fat whilst doing that. Um, so you have to be prepared for that. But at the end of the day, what would you rather? Would you rather to go on, continue and feel absolute shit? Or would you rather get out there, eat more food, nourish your body again, and get yourself back to feeling great again? So that's the two things you've got to weigh up when you do that. And in my experience, a lot of people won't do that. They would rather take the reverse diet and do it slow and steadily so that they can maintain what they've worked so hard to build rather than having to put on a little bit. Yeah. See with the phase two, the sorry, the option two, 
when you were reverse dieting, so slightly increasing to go back up to maintenance, would you do that the other way about going back into the deficit, just gradually start to take the 100 calories away, or would you just go straight into like, in a, say you were, as you said, using the, the borderline of 2,000 calories, take them straight down to like a 250-500 calorie deficit, or would you gradually take that down? Yeah, so this, this is how I program basically um, my nutrition. Uh, I'll tell you how I program my training in line with that as well, uh, give people an idea of what goes on. And this is just the way I do it, it's not the uh, head, you don't have to do it this way. Yeah. And all our coaches basically just like to give someone uh, their training program, give them their deficit, and just tell them to stick with that consistently, which will work, of course. Um, I do mine differently. Uh, so, what I do if I'm doing a 12 week dieting phase, so it'll be split into three phases, so each month will be a different phase. So, for example, I might start someone off um, at a 20% deficit for the first four weeks. Yep. And then after the next phase, phase two, 25% deficit, and then a 30% deficit on the last phase. Um, so that's the way that I program the nutrition. But in line with that, phase one, phase two, phase three, their training, training program will change as well. So that they're doing more total sets per workout, so that they're burning more calories um, each phase. And also their cardio will be increased as well. So each phase it's getting more difficult and you're burning more calories. And by programming that way, um, when you're having a drop in weight, if you are continuously um, decreasing your calories and increasing energy expenditure, you will never really run into a weight loss at all. You always get that kind of consistent fat loss. Um, so that's exactly why I, I use that method for um, when I'm putting someone through a deficit. Yeah. The, sorry, the question that it was asking was, the so when they've hurt that, if they've done that reverse, so let's say, like as I said, it was like uh, building back up to that maintenance calories. That's that's the way you're doing it. You're taking it, going into a, straight into a twenty percent deficit. Is that right? And then twenty five, yes. then hang and then back to reverse yes. after the twelve, after the block. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, depending, it could be diet, but it could be. So yes, you get your maintenance, you stay there for four weeks, and then you could maybe go back into a twenty percent deficit, twenty five, thirty. But again, if someone's got a lot to lose, you could go start off at twenty five, then thirty, then thirty five. Maybe it just yeah. depends on the yeah. person. Depends on the person, and that's the the thing that you said. There's like, I that's the way you you do your training. That's how you do your nutrition. But again, it's like it's not as if every every client that comes to you, you're like right twenty percent deficit. Like you, we all know that some people are some people aren't ready for even dieting. Some people need um to focus on other factors and need to focus on their sleep, their hydration, their stress levels, all these kind of main pillars that need to be structured before we even focus on um, going right calorie deficit. And that's then our, that's what I've got in our podcast. I'm going to speak about that a wee bit more is, are you ready for dieting and um, is there more to it than calorie deficit? And obviously we know there is. We've spoke about it at the start. We spoke about the goal setting, why you should focus on setting yourself the why factor. Keep asking yourself that question. As I said, there's more. You'll you'll dive in. You'll find that there's definitely a lot more to it. And even for us, like I know, like I want to, I want to lose weight. I want to lose body fat. But I know that I know that over time, I know that the the key factor for me to do it is to help me grow my business. Whereas there's a more emotional attachment to that straight away and I think that everybody needs to focus on setting themselves the right goal at the start like don't plan for Ibiza think about everything else that's round about it because um, obviously if Ibiza, Ibiza gets cancelled which it has then obviously you don't have a goal and then it's hard to kind of find that factor again so the things we dived over we talked about finding out your why your 
internal and external motivators, um, stage of readiness, should we be focusing on the scales? Obviously not. Changing your daily habits, reverse dieting and your exit, exit strategies. Anything else you think you can add in there with the exit strategy? Just, nah, exit strategy. Um, again, if anyone wants to find out any more about that, they can contact me directly. But I would say um, what you just mentioned there as well is absolutely huge. Like, some people are just not ready to go into this. Um, so if someone comes to you to lose fat um, and you have to tell them sometimes, look, you're just not in a position to do it. Your mindset's not in the right place. And you're setting yourself up for failure here. So why not focus on things, improving just silly things, like small things. Why don't you just look at improving your daily step target just now? Why don't you try and tidy up your nutrition? We're not going to put you on an exact amount of calories or a set meal plan just now. Why don't we just remove this, remove that? Um, just make small changes until you can get them in a better mindset, until you can get them in a better routine, until you can get them in better habits. Um, until you get to that stage, then the chances of you being able to stick a consistent deficit for 12 weeks, 6 months, whatever it may be, are probably slim. So it's all about habits as well. Um, and I think you and I will both agree on this as well. Um, something that we're probably both going through just now at the moment. Um, when you are pursuing any goal, um, you have to set these kind of things that are non-negotiables in your, your day-to-days um, and that, that's basically going to get you to, to, to where you want to be. Um, so I think that's something that people will usually benefit from and um, setting things that they book into their days and they book into their weeks and um, are absolutely non-negotiable and if you can get those in, um, that's going to compound over time to get you the result that you want. Definitely. Right, where can people find you? <laughs> Uh, best place to find me is Instagram. Uh, so my Instagram handle Stephen with th underscore Petrucci, which is P-E-P-R-U-C-C-I. Um, find me on Instagram. Uh, that's the best place to get me at this moment in time. Great Scottish name there. Oh, yes. Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to wrap that up. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. It's been great. Um, good chat, good uh, knowledge bombs in there. Um Again, if there's any of these kind of issues that people are kind of struggling with, don't hesitate. Contact me or Stephen. We will help you out. Um, a lot of stuff on both our socials, like talking about this kind of stuff as well, like motivators, finding out your why, a stage of readiness and all that as well, which will definitely help you towards finding the right goal and keeping you on the right path towards your journey. So thanks for listening, and I'll speak to you all very soon. Cheers.